Mac Power Users, episode 386, Must Have Utilities. Welcome back to another episode of the Mac Power Users podcast. I'm Katie Floyd alongside David Sparks. Hello, David. Hello, Katie Floyd. How are you today? I'm well. Welcome back from Hawaii. Yeah, I had a great vacation. Oh, one of the one bit of feedback. I took my iPhone seven in the pool with me. On purpose. Well, you know, <laughs> sort of. Okay. So we got there and I get very excited. You know, we, we go to the Disney Alani. We're we're timeshare members. So every two or three years we have enough points and we go. Very excited. My youngest daughter and I immediately jumped in the pool together <laughs> and I had my, uh, I'd been scuba diving that day. So I had my suit on, my bathing suit on. I put my phone in my pocket in the car. And uh, when I got to the pool, I jumped in and I jumped in. I realized, oh, guess what? My, I just realized my phone is in my pocket. <laughs> so I did kind of an informal test. I pulled it out. It worked fine. I took some great pictures. And um, uh, throughout the trip, I ended up bringing the phone in the pool several more times. The uh, I did not bring in the ocean. Uh, I was afraid something would happen, and I thought the salt water might be a little more corrosive than pool water. But it takes great pictures in the pool because the, um, you know, with the GoPro, it's got that um, fisheye lens. It takes kind of ugly pictures, in my opinion. And with the uh, the iPhone Seven, it takes gorgeous photos. And I did. I wasn't really abusive with it. I was actually quite careful. But but several times my phone went into the pool with me. So were you like taking it underwater, or was it just yep. like in your okay? I just, I just, I'd hell with it. I, I don't know if you remember when the iPhone seven came out that, that website put one inside a fish aquarium mm-hmm. and started running the timer and they ran it until the thing ran out of battery. Then they stuck a cord inside and plugged it in inside the fish aquarium and it's kept going. So I figured I probably had it in the water a total of about five minutes over the trip, but it was, um, I figured it was okay. Well, stay tuned for next week, folks, when David tells us that he sent his iPhone back to Apple because it's started acting <laughs> Suddenly weird. stopped working. Yeah. <laughs> Running. Anyway, so the uh, so that was uh, that was fun, but I had a great time and uh, it's a good vacation because you come back and you wish it wasn't over. So I guess that means I, I did it right. Yeah. Well, we, we have a couple of announcements that we, we want to talk about. First up is next month, we have the uh, anniversary of Relay FM. That is our parent network here. And if you are a member of the Relay FM, I guess, membership team drive thing, I don't know, you can you can be a member of Relay FM and you get our shows for free. But being membership has advantages like you get a behind the scenes newsletter, you get early access to certain shows. Uh, there, there are lots of benefits, including good karma for being a member of, of Relay. And basically what that means is you throw a couple of bucks um, either at our podcast specifically or at all the great shows on Relay FM um, and you get some perks and some good karma. But one of the perks that you get is you get a free members only show of all of the great shows on Relay. So um, throughout the month of August, these shows will be sprinkling into the members only feed. And so we're going to be doing a members only show uh, in August. So if you would like that show, there is still time to um, subscribe and become a member and support Mac Power users or all the great shows on the network. And so, David, we thought, you know, last year we did our epic Star Wars and Star Trek Smackdown. Uh, we thought we would do a little different show this year. We thought we would do an Ask Me Anything show, but it's kind of got an asterisk on it. It's it's ask me almost anything. We really don't want tech related questions. I mean, we don't want to answer your technical support questions. We just kind of want to kind of have a friendly conversation and get to know a little bit more about 
each other and have you get to know a little bit more about us as as hosts of your show. So this is your opportunity to kind of ask your your non-tech related questions of us. And of, of course, we, we may or may not answer them because it's not really an ask me anything, but that's kind of the idea of it, right? Yeah, uh, we, we try to keep the show focused on the content that we cover and whatever is on the 10 that week, we try to focus on that. Uh, so we usually don't answer a lot of the more less techy questions. So this is your chance. Get in there. Send us a question. I mean, if you want to know about David's insane tea rituals or or those types of things, this this would be your your time to ask. Or if you want Jungle Boat, you know, cruise tales, you know, this this would be your time to ask. So uh, if you are a Relay FM member, um, what we want you to do is uh, send us your questions. You can either tweet those to us with the hashtag MPUAMA. Um, and we'll collect those. Uh, you can email those to feedback at MacPowerUsers.com, although we prefer the tweet method. Um, or we'll have a thread in our Facebook group um, where you can ask your questions there. But uh, prefer that you use the hashtag MPUAMA and we'll collect those. The fact that you call it the Jungle Boat just breaks my heart just a little bit. Did I say the Jungle Boat? The Jungle Book. It's not. See, I wanted to say Jungle Book, but it's not the Jungle Book cruise. It's the Jungle. Um, yeah. So you should just stop. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the Jungle Book. It's like the bare necessities thing, right? And when I went to Disney World with Katie uh, a few years ago, we were both in Florida at the same time. So we went to Disney World together. And it's just the Jungle Cruise, right? No, you said you wanted to go on a big rock roller coaster, which big I had no Thunder idea. Big Rock Mountain. Big Rock Thunder Mountain. That's what my mom <laughs> called it when I was a little kid. I had no idea that wasn't the real name of it. Okay. Um, so that bit of news is fun. We, I'm looking forward to, to recording that show. Send us some good questions, gang, and we will we will take it on the chin for you. Um, also, I'm going to be speaking in August. Uh, if you're going to be in Silicon Valley for the Command D conference, uh, we had Sal Segoyan on the show a few months ago. Sal Segoyan was the head of automation at Apple. He left Apple, and now he's doing an, a conference called Command D Masters of Automation. And uh, I'm going to be doing one of the sessions on that. I'll be talking about workflow and iOS automation, which will be fun. Uh, but there's a lot of really smart people going to be there. It's it's just a day-long conference, and it's going to be all about automation on the Mac and iOS stuff. It's right up the wheelhouse for anybody that listens to the show. So if you're in Silicon Valley and you're thinking about um, uh, coming to that, please let me know and, and say hello. I'd love to meet some Mac Power Users listeners at the conference. And we'll put a link in the show notes for that. All right. So what are we doing today? Um, today, we are talking about utilities. You know, it's it's been a while since we've we've had a show devoted to utilities. But what really brought this face of mind, uh, front of mine is we had a great post on the MPU Facebook group where somebody said, hey, what are your favorite utilities on the Mac? And I'm going to put a link, if I can, to this post in, in the show notes. Um, I think you have to be a member of the MPU Facebook group to be able to see it. But it generated hundreds of responses where people were posting all of these utilities, many of which I'd heard of, some of which I hadn't, and how they were using them. And I bookmarked this post because it was just the most amazing post about how people were using these little utilities, some of them rather obscure, some of them very well known, uh, to do cool things on their Mac. And I thought, well... Maybe we should talk about that on MPU. Yeah. So then we started an informal list between us, and the goal was to make it uh, no no more than twenty. <laughs> and we have thirty six currently, and I actually know a couple that I didn't include. So <laughs> I think what we're going to do today is is pick some of the favorites from this list and talk about them and share. 
Um, just as a point of note, before we start recording, I was telling my wife that we're recording today, and, and I said, what utilities do you use? And she uses very few, and it got me thinking that I think this is a real thing for Mac Power users. As you start, you know, turning yourself into an everyday user to a Mac Power user, you're going to start collecting these utilities because these things can save you time and just make using your Mac a lot easier. Well, I, I don't know if there's any uh, rhyme or reason to this, but... Um... I think we should probably talk about how do we define utility? Because undoubtedly, we're going to have people write in and tell us, hey, you didn't talk about this. You didn't talk about that. I can't believe you didn't. And and some of those we may cover on our feedback show. We've got a feedback show coming up a little bit later this month. Um, but what do you think of when you think of a utility? Well, I think for this show, I mean, we can be as as narrow as we want. Uh, we are going to skip over the usual suspects. We're not going to talk about Hazel and Keyboard Maestro and stuff like that because those are covered often. They're they're um, they're very, I guess, they're utilities, but they're really productivity apps more than that. Uh, but we'd we'd like to focus today on bringing you apps that you may or may not have heard of. None of them are going to be super expensive, but all of them are going to just make your life a little bit easier. And if we cover 20 in this show, I don't know how many we'll end up actually covering. Uh, hopefully there's two or three in there that scratch your itch and make using your Mac a little better. Yeah, I'm not sure that I, I consider productivity software utilities. I, I think at some point, I think of a utility as a very niche product. It does kind of one thing and one thing well, or kind of an obscure thing. Whereas, you know, productivity tools more like Hazel and Keyboard Maestro, you know, they're they're tools that can do many things and can be custom configured. In fact, we've we've had entire shows on those types of tools. So let's get started, Katie Floyd. All right. Uh, Well, I thought maybe initially we were going alphabetical, but um, maybe not. So I guess I'll just start kicking it off. Um, One that I have used quite a bit and it comes up regularly is amphetamine. Um, amphetamine is a, um, it's a tool that will keep your Mac awake. It's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Um, we've talked quite a bit about the Mac menu bar app caffeine. And every time I talk about caffeine, I had people write in and say, well, why are you still using caffeine? You really should be using amphetamine, um, because it does everything that caffeine does and it does a whole lot more. So amphetamine is free. It is available on the Mac app store. And it will, when activated, keep your Mac from going to sleep. So if you're giving a presentation or you're waiting for something to run, amphetamine will keep your Mac from going to sleep. And the beauty about amphetamine is it is significantly more customizable than caffeine. Caffeine was very simplistic, and that was kind of the beauty of caffeine. You had a little button in the menu bar that you clicked, and it was either on or off. And you can trigger amphetamine that way. But you can also set amphetamine to work on a rules-based system. So uh, trigger your Mac to stay awake between certain hours of the day, or trigger your Mac to stay awake when certain applications are running, or trigger your Mac to stay awake, but if the load is above this percentage on your CPU, but not if the battery is below this percentage. So there are a lot of ways that it can be tweaked and triggered, or maybe still allow a screensaver to run. So uh, there are all kinds of things that you can do with amphetamine. Uh, it's free. I think it's on my must-have utility list. So um, that's one that I think is definitely worth downloading for Mac owners. I think this is a, a really great tool. Like I use it when I do screencasts because I don't want, if I'm taking a long time, I don't want the screen to go dim. Uh, but I think it's also very useful in the context of presenting. If you're going to work in a room and have your your laptop on the screen for a long period of time, 
Amphetamine is a good way to keep the screen from going dim. What are some of the other contexts that you use it in? One of the things that we talked about um, on a previous show, I use amphetamine in conjunction with another app we'll talk about a little later, fruit juice, to keep to keep my and in conjunction with a Wemo plug uh, to keep my Mac awake for about two and a half hours every day in the middle of the night, or I guess every night in the middle of the night. Um, I do this so that I can run my battery down and make sure that I'm exercising my battery for a couple of hours each day and keep the battery in my Mac nice and healthy. But I think I have amphetamine triggered to run from like 2.30 a.m. to 3.30 a.m. or 5.30, 4.30 a.m., I don't remember. Um, but for a couple hours in the in the middle, early wee morning hours, um, amphetamine will uh, wake up my Mac, keep my Mac awake um, for a couple of hours. And simultaneously, the Wemo switch will cut power to my Mac so that I know that my Mac is running on battery power. And then two hours later, amphetamine will deactivate itself. The Wemo switch will reactivate itself. And those are two things that happen independently. There's there's no linking them. I just have them set up to coincide at the same time. And then by the time I'm usually up and at my Mac, the Mac has had an opportunity to fully charge. My battery has been exercised for a couple of hours already, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, it, it's funny because Apple's got so good at getting the Mac to be low power and even doing work with low power. They call that power nap, I believe, where you can be you can close the lid on a laptop and as long as it's plugged in, it's still going to be downloading email and doing stuff in the background. Um, so you, you need a tool like amphetamine to force it to stay awake and um, and run the battery down if you want to exercise the battery. That's a good one. OK, um, so my turn. And I'm going to pick one that I just have come to really love over the last couple of years. They've updated this app several times called Clean My Mac. And uh, Clean My Mac is by... Um, MacPaw. Yeah, MacPaw. And, the, uh, and so it's, it's an app that's made to, to manage and clean your hard drive, but it's, it's so powerful. Uh, it goes through and does analytics on your drive when you first run it. It finds like language files you don't use. It finds pieces and things on your Mac that you can safely get rid of without screwing everything up and and it's much faster than you trying to do it yourself manually and once you start doing it, it can continue to monitor it for you and it can see when there's problems it can clean out files when you delete an application and uh, I, I run this thing probably once a month because i've got an ssd and i'm always almost out of space you know like everybody who has an ssd uh, clean my mac is a great tool for that and We've talked about different hard drive cleaning tools over the years, but this one has really come just to be my favorite. And um, it's just a great app. I agree completely. Clean My Mac, uh, Mac is absolutely on the top of my list. I want to offer one caveat, and that is that Clean My Mac is often confused with Mac Keeper, which is not at all on my favorite list. In fact, I just did a quick search in my Google uh, toolbar for Clean My Mac because I wanted to link it for the show notes. And it looks like our dear friends over at Mac Keeper have bought the Google AdWord for Clean My Mac. So I just want to make sure that, and I've linked Clean My Mac in the show notes, um, that our Mac Power users, listeners, if they decide to download it, make sure that they get the legit product from MacPaw. Um, because one is a great utility that has a um, very hard-earned good reputation. And the other, let's just say, is perhaps not. Um, but I use Clean My Mac not only for freeing up space on my computer, for cleaning out things like unnecessary language files, but it also is really a, f a full purpose utility because it will run all those maintenance tools that are important, like repairing permissions and maintenance scripts, 
and cleaning up the mail database. And I love that they are always on top of it with updates. Uh, You're regularly getting updates for this app. And they've even got like a safe list. So they know that there are certain applications that removing certain files is not good and creates havoc. So they've created safe lists so that they know that that type of stuff doesn't happen. Um, really great developers. And by the way, they've, they've been great supporters of ours and of AppCamp for Girls. So I feel really good supporting them as well. Yeah. And it's just like, just imagine there's a team of, of folks who spend almost all their time thinking about safe ways to clean up your hard drive for you. That's something you don't have time to do. They do it for you and it works. Uh, one other feature, and I'll, I'll just, just use this one last feature and then we can move on to the next is... Um, they do a really good job of managing large files. So uh, Apple added a feature, something like this with Sierra, where it shows you your bar- large files, but uh, the MacPaw one is way superior. It, it organizes them by file size and location, and it just gives you a lot of ways to slice the onion so you can find uh, big files taking space on your hard drive that you can safely get rid of or move to cold storage. Uh, I find the MacPaw, Clean My Mac product, way better at doing this than Apple's product. So. That's one other thing I like about it, because it, you, that's the thing is you, you get these large files resting on your SSD that you forgot about, or maybe you didn't even put them there, but because you're syncing with somebody in Dropbox or whatever, it starts adding these files to your life. Um, uh, clean my Mac, I'll find them for you. And that's that's really useful. Yeah. So the next app that I want to bring up on our list is another one we've mentioned before, but it's worth mentioning again, and that is Bartender. It's now on version two. Speaking of cleaning up your Mac, what Bartender does is it cleans up your menu bar. And at the end of this uh, episode, you will probably need Bartender because my guess is you will add a couple of new apps to your menu bar by the time we're done with you. Um, and especially if you have a smaller Mac, if you have a 13 inch or uh, one of the 12 inch MacBooks, you're going to find that your menu bar space is at a premium. And especially in certain applications that have long menu bars, um, you could start losing those little application icons off your menu bar. So what Bartender does is it lets you organize your menu bar applications by hiding them, rearranging them, or moving them to the bar bartender bar. So you can decide what it is that you want displayed. And if you don't have room, like I only display the most essential things on my bar, on my actual Mac menu bar and everything else that I don't need or I don't always need access to, but still want to have hanging around gets relegated down to the second level bartender bar so that I know I have access to it, but I don't necessarily need to see it all the time. Um, bartender is great for cleaning things up. I think we talked about it quite a bit in our screencasting episode because it's a really good way to clean up a lot of that stuff so you don't see it when you're recording screencasts. Some people like really, really minimal um, menu bars. And if you want, you can put almost everything in Bartender. I still have about a half a dozen apps in my my menu bar that I like to see from time to time, but then everything else gets thrown into Bartender. So you can really configure it and tweak it any way you want. Yeah, you know, I have a 27-inch iMac, so I don't need to worry about bartender in theory, right? I, I, I have plenty of space. And the problem is anytime I run without bartender on the iMac, I've got this long list of icons across the top of the screen. And like I said, it's a big screen. It never really causes a problem. On smaller screens, the trouble is the menu items actually over overwrite the, uh, the menu bar tools. So uh, you don't have that on the big iMac. But what I do find is the ones that I really want are hard to find when you've got this massive list of things across the top of the screen. So even on the 27-inch iMac, I run Bartender, and I put the secondary stuff down below. Like, we're going to talk about iStat menus. I'm sure one of us is going to pick it before today's over. I keep all those things in Bartender because I I don't need to have 
you know, constant stats thrown at me about my computer. But when I want that stuff, all I have to do is click on bartender and there it is. I bet you put them in your main menu bar, don't you? Yeah, I do. I, I do. Cause I like to see what's going on. Yeah. You gotta see to me that just gets, that becomes noise. I, I just want the real key stuff that I may want to refer to or access in the bar. But anyway, yeah, I agree with you. Bartender's a great pick. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Text Expander. Type more with less effort with Text Expander. Learn more at TextExpander.com. As we record this episode, I would say that Text Expander is the ultimate Mac utility. It allows you to save so much time and it's so powerful. There's a lot of text expansion utilities out there. Apple even builds one into Mac OS, but none of them are as powerful as Text Expander. Just as an example, when I send an email out, I've got a Text Expander snippet that will insert the subject line, and then it'll use an Apple script to grab the name of the recipient from the email, and it'll insert, so it'll say, dear, insert name, then it hits a comma, new paragraph, and types in the text expander text. So I just fire off a snippet while in the subject line of Apple Mail, and it does the entire email for me. There's just nothing out there like that. And once you start using text expander, you start finding more uses for text expander. We've heard from lots of listeners that bought it because they had one big project where they had a lot of repeated text. And next thing you know, they've got 500 snippets and they're saving themselves 10 hours a month using text expander. That doesn't surprise me because we get that email all the time. The Text Expander team doesn't sleep. They're always making the application better, and they've also got a real powerful version for the iPad and iPhone. It'll synchronize your Text Expander snippets so you can have them available on all devices. So whether you're just tired of typing your phone number, or maybe you want to get a little more into automation and make your Mac do more work for you, the answer for you is Text Expander. And I suggest you go over to TextExpander.com, sign up for an account, and just spend a little time using it. They've got sample snippets there. I've got a bunch of them posted at Max Sparky as well. And you can really turn this thing into a power tool for you with very little effort. So head over to TextExpander.com today and make your life easier. And thank you, Smile, for sponsoring the Mac Power Users. Okay, uh, default folder X. Man, I love this application. Anybody who has a Mac right now could benefit from default folder X. It's a uh, it's a utility. It's been around forever. I don't know. I don't know when they started this application. I guess I should look it up and, and put it. I'm sure they've got a history somewhere of this app, but it. It improves the built-in open and save dialog boxes. I mean, it does other things too, but the biggest thing it does is improves those open and save dialog boxes on your Mac. So when you go to save a file, not only do you have the normal save dialog box, it's got little icons around the edges that give you things like you can add tags. Uh, it can give you a preview of the image. On the right side, you can look at the history. So, uh, and I use that history one all the time. So. Uh, what's the most recently open folder? So when I'm doing client work, it gets me right to that folder I was just in 10 minutes ago without having to drill for it. Um, all that stuff, you know, it saves me so much time. I, every time I get a new Mac, uh, I install this default folder X utility almost immediately. And when I look at an open and save dialog box without it, it's like, what? what? You know, in my mind, this has become the built-in open save dialog box for the Mac. By the way, it started in 2002 by St. Clair Software, and Default Folder X is one that I kept wanting to like and wanting to use, and it really didn't click until last year for me. Oh, really? I don't know why, but now I can't I can't live without it. 
Um, but it's one of those where if you honestly, where it really started clicked is when I opened my own firm and I was doing a lot more of the administrative filing and that type of stuff myself. But when I constantly found myself having to save documents and going back to a specific set of folders or to the same folder over and over again, or what was that folder that I was in just a minute ago and, oh, I'm still there. I, I, and maybe I'm not as efficient with windowing as I should be, but I found myself just clicking around all the time in the finder trying to get from, you know, the place where I store my documents, the place where the templates are, to the place where the client folder is and all of these other places. Um, and, oh, wait, now I've got to save an expense and now that's got to go in that different folder. And, and default folder X has really saved a lot of that for me. So I, I think that's been a great addition to my Mac. And, and you're right. Um, whenever I rebuild a Mac or something happens, I, I'm immediately looking for default folder X. Yeah. And I, I must have bought it like around the time they released it. I, I, I can't remember when I paid for this app, but but it's been great and it, it just continues to work. They continue to upgrade it for the, you know, the updated operating systems. Uh, they're now at version five. And um, uh, in, in addition to looking at your most recently saved folders, it can also, you can put your favorites in there. It also has a menu bar tool if you want to put it up there. But yeah, this is just a great way. If you're working with lots of folders and files, just get it. The next app that I want to talk about is Cloak. And I realize that VPNs are a service that we've talked about quite a bit on the show, but I it seems like about every, at least once a month and maybe twice a month, I see a post in the Mac Power Users Facebook group. And sometimes I wonder, do people who post in that group actually listen to the show? Um, but I think they do. I see a post in the Facebook group where somebody asks, hey, what's what's the best VPN solution? Or I need recommendations for a VPN solution. Uh, and Cloak is the one that I have used for a long time. It's the one that I currently use. Uh, I like it because it is really simple. Uh, it's available across all of the platforms for Mac and iOS. It's on the iPhone and the iPad and the Mac. You pay once and you get it on all those devices. I like it because it is very simple. You install it. You it you can set it up so that will, my favorite feature is it will automatically secure your network. So if you pop open on a Wi-Fi network and you're in Starbucks, it will see that this is not one of your preferred networks and it will automatically secure you. Um, their pricing plans are reasonable. You can either pay for a year, you can pay for a pass for a week, um, or you can pay for a little bit of data. And um, if you don't use it that much, you can just pay for a little here and a little there. But I've been using Cloak for a long time. It doesn't seem to slow down things that much when you're when you're browsing on a on a different type of connection and living in the world that we do and doing the types of things that I do I just like knowing that my traffic is locked down amen sister i I signed up for the year subscription for cloak about two or three months ago and I uh, am very happy with it. Um, it it not only does it work on your Mac it also works on your iOS devices too and they've got a great little app on your iOS device so if you spend a significant amount of time in Starbucks or if you travel, um, why not lock down your internet in a way that you know, doesn't allow the, you know, the hacker in the corner to, to monitor your email because, uh, you're putting yourself at risk with, with, you know, there's just so many bad people out there. And, and, and I just like the idea of not necessarily sharing all of my search information with a bunch of different folks. Starbucks doesn't need to know that I spend a bunch of time on Amazon, you know, researching saxophone reads or whatever. But now we all do. That's fine. Yeah, well, I, that's part of my life. <laughs> What's your next pick? Um, we mentioned it earlier, so I'm going to talk about it now. iStat Menus. Um, iStat is a great little app that gives you diagnostic information on your Mac. 
Uh, it was a widget when it first came into existence. Um, now they have it as a sidebar thing. You can get an app for the sidebar, but buy in the best version of iStat, in my opinion, is iStat Menus. And that's a, it's a menu bar app. So once you install it, it gives you a series of menu bar apps. Now they, uh, they can make it, you can keep it simple or you can make it as complex as you want, but it gives you a ton of information about your system. Like I can tell you right now, the core temperature on my iMac, it tells me, you know, all the different temperatures. I can tell you that the fan is spinning at 1200 RPM. I can tell you how fast my internet traffic is or how full my hard drive is and how much space I have. It just gives me a ton of information. I can even get information on memory load. So I know how much of my memory is being used in my system. So anytime you've got a problem, and and like I said earlier, I don't want this information in my menu bar all the time. I don't want to see all those um, graphs and charts flying across because it's distracting for me. But anytime there's a problem, if, if we're podcasting and suddenly the connection starts dropping, or if I'm just working and suddenly I hear the fans blowing on my Mac and I don't know why, uh, this gives you the insight you need to find out what's exactly going on with your Mac. So it's just a great little diagnostic tool. It tells you what's going on and, um, and it fits right in your menu bar. Love it. I'm a big iStat menus fan. Right now I've got it telling me the percentage of CPU I use, my the speed of my network traffic, and I have a different clock that I use. And sometimes I forget that it's a different clock that I use, but I especially because I podcast with people all around the world, I want to know is it okay to call David right now or is it okay to try to um, slack with with Mike? And so uh, the world clock widget I have um, in my menu bar, uh, will my, the clock will drop down and have a world clock widget that will tell me where it is um, in a bunch of different places in the world. So I, I like it. I like keeping an eye on that kind of stuff. Maybe you could argue it's a little obsessive and we don't need to. But for people who want to be obsessive about these things, there are ways to find out. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, just knowing exactly the size of your cache. So, you know, like, for instance, if you've got a, a Mac with a not much RAM in it, and you can see that your cache is routinely outgrowing your RAM, then you know your system's going to be slowing down because it's got to put that stuff on the hard drive. I mean, it just gives you a great way to see what's going on. And what Katie was referring to, in addition to giving you all that data about your system, they also have a replacement clock widget, and it includes a world clock, which is pretty cool. So the next one I want to talk about is called Reflector. And this is actually up to version two. It's made by a company called Air uh, Air Parrot. And what it is, is is an AirPlay receiver. And what this allows you to do is allows you to display your iOS screen on your Mac. And it's great if you ever are in a position where you want to quickly capture your iOS screen or where perhaps you're giving presentations and you want to be able to switch back and forth to see what's on your iOS screen or what's on your Mac screen. I use it all the time when I'm giving presentations. It was very, very popular in my Mac user group when we wanted to demo something on iOS because we typically already had a computer connected to the projector. And then it was quick to easily just pop up with the reflector application and be able to show the iOS screen too. And it does it in a really nice way because it will give a um, an outline of a fake iOS device around it. It doesn't exactly look like an iPhone or an iPad, but it's enough where you get the gist of it. So it has just a very pleasing appearance. You can have multiple devices on screen at the same time. So if you want to show something on multiple devices or have dueling iPads or, or something like that, 
um, you can do that. Um, it will do recording and mirroring and streaming and on all kinds of stuff. There's a, there's a lot of benefits to it. And I think it will even do Android devices now as well. Um, so if you find yourself giving presentations a lot or just needing to be able to show what's on your iPhone screen, I think Reflector is one that you want to have in your toolkit. You know, I used to be a big fan of this app, but I have not used it in a while now because when I give presentations off the iPad these days, usually I just bring an Apple TV with me and go directly in. Um, and then the screencasting stuff is now I, I prefer to do it with copper wire and, and ScreenFlow supports it. So that's one I don't really use that much anymore. So it's interesting to hear. I'm glad it's still in development. I have, um, for my next pick, I'd like to talk about Drop Zone. This one I occasionally mention on Mac Power Users, but I don't think I get across how important Drop Zone is to my life. It's a little menu bar app that when you grab any bit of files on your desktop or in your finder, Drop Zone kind of pulls down from the menu bar and allows you to drop the file there. So uh, the the entry level use of this is what they call the shelf. So if I'm getting ready to write a blog post and I need a copy of the image and, you know, maybe a couple screenshots or the icon file. I'll just put it up on drop zone and then it's there for me. I get in, in Safari, I open up Squarespace and I can actually drag the individual artwork off the drop zone shelf right into the, the upload mechanism in Squarespace. Do the same thing. Like if you're making a presentation or a screencast or whatever, you put artwork or little files up there and then you can get them somewhere else. It's particularly useful if you're a laptop user because, you know, screen real estate is a premium. And we've all had that thing where you put something on the desktop, but you can't get to it because all your apps are in front of it. Dropzone solves that. But Dropzone goes a little bit further as well. They're also a file management utility. Um, you can set up specific locations on there. For instance, I talk about that action folder. Once in a while, I've got the action folder where I stick things where I need to act on them later. Or I think Hazel can probably file it for me. And uh, in Drop Zone, I've got a little icon there of the action folder. And if I drop any file on that folder, it moves the file to action. It doesn't copy there. It actually moves it there. So then it gets taken care of. I've got one for my desktop. And when I drag something there, it because sometimes you can't see the desktop if you've got a bunch of apps open, uh, it makes a copy on the desktop because stuff I put on the desktop, I treat as disposable. Um, so it's just like, it's very smart the way not only can you store files in drop zone, you can also kind of manage files a little bit to a basic level. I mean, this is not hazel, um, but it, it is just kind of a nice, easy way, especially if you're using your mouse to get files around your computer. And, uh, it's just a little Mac utility. Love it. So is this in your bartender bar or is it on the actual menu bar? This one gets on the top level. It doesn't go in bartender bar. It's always there because I'm always using it. All right. I have not used Drop Zone, but I have to admit, while you were talking about it, I downloaded the trial. So I will be checking it out. Get it from the developer. Don't get it from Apple. Well, let them get all the money. Let the guy get the um, Great app. So the next one I want to talk about is one that we've talked about quite a bit. It is Backblaze. Um, Backblaze is a backup utility for Mac. And we've talked about other utilities. I really like Backblaze because it supports off-site backup for the Mac. And it is super simple to use. You just install it and it's set it and forget it. And it will go ahead and start backing up your Mac and backing up all of your documents. In fact, I, um, I'm kind of at the point now, David, and I, I think you've probably gotten there too, 
where people have started coming to me for advice about going out on their own and launching their own practice and, and doing that kind of thing. And one of the things that they I hear from them, I hear from them a lot is, you know, well, what do you, what do you do about, you know, IT and all of that stuff? And I said, well, I, I kind of manage my own IT. And they said, well, I don't even know what to do. We have a tech guy who comes in and, and does all of our backup stuff. And I typically send them over to Backblaze because it works both for Mac and PC. But I like it because it will back everything up to the cloud so you know you're getting it out of your office. It allows you to set your own encryption data key so you know you can lock down your files and nobody else is going to have access to them. And it's super simple to use. It's just set and forget it. It's five bucks per month per computer. And it's a lot cheaper than, you know, having to have an IT person. So that's why I use it. And I bought it for all of my family a couple of years ago. And I'm. it's kind of the contract we have. I make them renew it every year if they want me to continue to support it. And every now and then one of them will say to me, I just got the thing that I'm supposed to renew it. Do I really need that? I don't know. I, I've, I have no idea what that is. And I was like, yes, you need that. And you need it until you, you don't think you need it until you need it. And then you really need it. Right. You know? and, and I've even used it for them without them knowing it. Like when they have a problem, I'll go back and get something out of it. Yeah. I, I feel like Backblaze is, just it's a belt and suspenders thing. We've talked about backup plenty on this show, but I feel like it shouldn't be your only solution. But I think at this point, online backup is a mandatory additional solution. It's just your data is too valuable. $50. I think it's $50 a year if you buy it in advance. Uh, um, so just $50 a year to have your data backed up offline. So if they're, you know, if your house catches on fire and craters, you don't lose all your pictures and videos and business documents. I mean, it's just, it's a no brainer. Um, another thing Backblaze does that Katie didn't mention is they will back up any attached drive. Um, so like I've got a, a Drobo attached to my Mac full time, my iMac full time. And so I've got, I think I've got like six or seven terabytes backed up for my $50 a year. They are losing money on me. I am, I'm not their favorite customer, I'm sure, but the, uh, but they'll do it. So as long as you keep it now, network attached storage is different, but if you have a, a directly attached, um, storage uh, solution, it will back all that stuff up as well. So, uh, you can get a lot of ones and zeros up to backblaze for $50 a year. Didn't you have, did you have a workaround for getting your network drive to Backblaze? Yeah. So here's what I do. Um, I have my network attached storage, which is a Synology NAS. And I did this before with my Drobo. So same thing works. And that's attached to a network and Backblaze does not back up network attached storage drive. But, you know, I'm belt and suspenders when it comes to backup. I want to have a local backup of that NAS anyway, because I have so much data on it. If I ever needed to record, I'm, I'm sorry, if I ever needed to restore, the easiest way to restore that would be from a local backup because there's so much data. Although you can order a hard drive from Backblaze, you know, re-downloading all that data from the network would, would be a lot and it'd probably blow my bandwidth caps. So what I do is I buy a really big hard drive and you can even get eight gigabyte, eight terabyte hard drives now, and they're sub $200. They're not that expensive anymore. So I buy a really big hard drive that more than fits all the stuff that I'm backing up from my NAS. And keep in mind that I don't back up like the time machine backups. I don't back up the backups that I'm putting on my NAS. So the actual core data that I've got on my NAS is probably, it grows every couple of years, but at this point it's probably three to four terabytes. So I get a big hard drive, and what I do is I use Carbon Copy Cloner, and I'll be talking about that a little bit later, and every week 
I make a clone backup from my NAS to that hard drive. And then I, I tell Carbon Copy Cloner, don't eject the hard drive, leave the hard drive attached. And Backblaze will back up any direct attached hard drives. So I'm killing two birds with one stone. I'm getting a local backup of my NAS, a second copy of that software on my NAS or that data on my NAS here locally. And then as long as that hard drive is attached and the first backup, it did take a little while. I had to leave that hard drive attached for several days to get it to all go up to the Backblaze cloud. But after that, it's just incremental and it will back up whatever has changed since the last backup. And so usually keeping it attached for a couple of hours or the rest of the day will be enough for Backblaze to get all those changes. So, so you're just you're just basically scripting a, um, a, a clone of your network storage and you've got it attached directly. I want to take a moment to thank Fracture for their support of Mac Power users. For more information, visit FractureMe.com slash podcast. And don't forget to mention you came from Mac Power users in their one question survey. So Fracture is a photo decor company that is set out to rescue your favorite images from the digital ether. So you know what the problem is these days. We take more photos than we've ever taken before, but we're also doing less and less with them than we've ever done before. We put them on social media, they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, but then where do they go after that? We never see these photos again. What Fracture will do is they will print your photos directly on glass and add a laser cut rigid backing. They are ready to display and they are gorgeous right out of the box. They even include the little wall anchor for you so you don't need anything else. You just upload your digital photo to Fracture. You pick your size and it's that simple. They print it, they ship it off to you, bing, bang, boom, you're done. The Fracture process is amazing. It makes the color and contrast of your photo pop and they have a sleek, frameless design so your photos will really stand out no matter where you put them while still matching any decorating style. So you can bring a special memory to life or they are great to give as a gift or decorate your entire home or office. In fact, I've got Fracture prints all around my business. They are great ways to brighten up a workspace, give as corporate gifts or awards, and they make amazing talking points. In fact, they are one of the first things that my clients notice when they walk into my space. Fracture comes with a 60-day happiness guarantee, so you're sure to love your order. And each Fracture is handmade in Gainesville, Florida, from U.S. source materials in their carbon-neutral factory. You have got to see these to believe them. So take your favorite photos and upload them today. For more information, visit FractureMe.com slash podcast. And don't forget to mention Mac Power users in their one-question survey, and it really helps to support our show. Again, that's FractureMe.com slash podcast. And thanks, Fracture for your longtime support of Mac Power users. Okay, for my next pick, it's one that I was aware of for a long time, but really came to love in the last year. And uh, this is another Mac Power app. It's Gemini 2. And it's a um, it's a duplicate file finder, right? So how, how nerdy can you be, right? You get excited about duplicate file finder. Uh, but, and this is related to kind of Mac Paw's other product, you know, the Clean My Mac product. But it's, 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 this is just a product focused on finding duplicates on your Mac. It doesn't just find duplicate files. It finds them with, um, with very particular accuracy in terms of where the original is versus the copies. It doesn't just look for files. It also looks at things like your photos and your music. Like if you, if you've got in your photos library, you know, you go and you take, and we all do this because it's so easy. You, you've got your phone out, you're taking a picture. Uh, you see a wave, you take like eight pictures of that wave. And there's really one you want to keep. We talked about this on the photos 
a management show probably five years ago on the show, how important I think it is that you get rid of all the cruft and the extra pictures. Well, this application will go through and find those collections of retakes for you. And it'll show them to you and let you pick the one that you want to you keep and delete the ones that you don't want to keep. So it makes it really easy to find the repeated pictures and, and keep the good ones. It does the same thing with your iTunes library. If you've got duplicate um, uh, music files in there, because we all do, it's just the way it's been happening over the years, you collect this stuff, um, it will get rid of the extras for you. Um, the application is very simple to use, but it's also very powerful. Um, I like the other thing it does is it doesn't actually delete things. It puts them in a delete bin for you where you decide ultimately whether something gets deleted or not. But you know, once again, we're managing SSDs. If you buy a new Mac from Apple, it doesn't have enough hard drive space on it, no matter which one you buy, because we have a lot of data. We all want SSD and SSD is expensive. So you need these kind of tools in your life. So uh, like I said, I really only got into it when they released Gemini 2. It, that's when it really kind of landed on my radar. And this is another one that I routinely run just to, to keep things down. It's amazing to me how much space I can clear with a Gemini 2 run on my hard drive. Yep, I've used Gemini before. I'm a big fan of it. I think it's a great duplicate finder and it's one or file finder and it's one that has continually gotten better. Um, they've added more features to this over the year. We should also mention that um, MacPaw is the makers of the setup subscription Mac service. It's kind of like Netflix for apps. Um, and I believe both Clean My Mac and Gemini are in the setup subscription, aren't they? Yeah, actually, several of the ones we've covered. I think iStat Menus is in there. And a couple of the others on our list that we haven't covered yet are there, there's a lot of good apps in setup if you if you're interested. You know, I think it's around I want to say ten dollars a month and you get subscriptions to is you know a lot of these applications. So um the next one that I'm gonna talk about is fruit juice, and it's one that I've alluded to a little bit earlier. Um fruit juice is an app for exercising your max battery. And I know that Apple has said that battery technology has gotten so much better and that you don't have to do this anymore. But I will tell you that my practical experience of using Max and using a portable as my main Mac for almost 10 years now will tell you that that is not true. And I've had Macs that I have had plugged in all the time and the battery has not lasted nearly as long as it has, or as it should have. And then um, Macs where I regularly exercise and regularly use the battery tend to last much longer. So what Fruit Juice does is it's a little menu bar utility. It can replace the battery icon on your Mac and gives you additional functionality like telling you what the current status is of your battery, reminding you to unplug from power if you haven't, telling you about how long a day you should shoot for keeping your Mac unplugged based on the life of your battery, the, the health of your battery, how old your Mac is, and those types of things. And it's just a gentle reminder that to, to keep exercising your battery to keep it all in good health. It even tells you when you've had it unplugged long enough and says, okay, you can plug back in now. Right. And it's okay to plug it back in now. Uh, also, I think the battery health information Fruit Juice gives you is is amazing. It, it's it's very thorough about exactly what's going on with the battery in your Mac. I, I, you know, if you if you was it Option click or Command click the battery icon on a laptop. I'm not seeing it in front of one right now. Apple will give you more information, but you know it's Apple. They're never going to give you a ton of information because they want it to be a simple experience for the user. Um, with Fruit Juice, you get a lot more. This is another app that's come into my life over the last year, and I've really grown to love it. It's called Copied, C-O-P-I-E-D, and it's a clipboard manager. Now, we've seen these in the past. Uh, we've talked about these. I 
I've used a variety of them over the years. This is the one of all of them that I've used all this time that I just love the most. I feel like they really got it right. So uh, whenever you hit Command C on your Mac, you, you're copying something to your clipboard. Uh, but it's kind of fun to go back and get prior things you've copied. You know, like if you're working on, let's say you're writing something and you've copied a link from a website and some text that you wrote somewhere else you want to use. And you've got all these things you copied, but, you know, normally you'd have to go back and recopy the most recent thing you need and then paste it in. With something like copied, it remembers all that stuff that you've clicked. And then you can go through and just browse through it and, and pick it. If there's a link you want to use two or three times, you don't have to go find the link two or three times. You can just save it, you know, copied automatically saves it for you and then you can paste it. And it has a whole bunch of options as to how long you can keep the things. Like if you want to keep it a long time or if you want them to expire after a certain amount of time, it even has an ability to kind of rem keep some permanently. If there's things you use repeatedly, uh, as an example, when I write scripts for OmniFocus, you know, I like write a lot of scripts to automate things. So I can have OmniFocus automatically create projects. Well, a lot of those, script code, you know, it's basically a programming language. I've saved a copied as snippets so I can put those in. Um, uh, so it's just a really great application for things like that. And the best part I haven't even mentioned yet is that they've also got an application for the iPad and for the iPhone. So, and everything, if you allow it, everything can talk to each other. It, it syncs via iCloud. It works great. So if I copy some text on my phone and then the next day I'm saying, oh yeah, I did. I, I want to use that text I saw last night. It will be in copied on my Mac the next day. You know, I know Apple has a similar feature, but it's very, it's a little sketchy at this point. It doesn't work that well. And it's only immediately, it only works for immediate. Whereas this will look at stuff that you copied in the previous day. So you've got a unified saved clipboard across all of your Apple devices with copied. And um, since I have fully kind of accepted how, how good this work and how stable it is, uh, I find uses for this every day. I haven't used copied. I typically use LaunchBar as my clipboard manager, but um, I'm glad you like it. I'll definitely want to check out. Well, I was using Alfred for it, but in Alfred, both Alfred and LaunchBar do a good job of saving your clipboard data. And, and that still works. I mean, you can still use LaunchBar, but the advantage here is it goes over to your, um, it goes over to your iOS devices too. So the next one I want to talk about is kind of a niche app, but, you know, really all these utilities are. Uh, it's a utility made by Ambrosia Software called Easy Envelopes. And this is an app that has been, uh, it's it's 10 bucks, and I would probably pay three, four, or five times as much with as much time as it has saved me since I've I've started opening up my own practice. Because I don't know why, but envelopes are hard. And it's different in every printer and getting the margins just right. And do you do an envelope in Word or do you do it somewhere else? And, and how does that all work? I, I don't know. It's just it's just hard. And Easy Envelopes just makes it really easy. This is something that also started off life as a dashboard widget, but now is a full-fledged app. It's also available in the Mac App Store. And it allows you to do things like put in your return address information, and then either pull information from your contacts or pull information off your clipboard or just copy and paste information or type information in. And it will pre-format it based on your printer, based on the type of envelope that you're trying to print. And you just stick what you want in your printer and then everything comes out automatically lined up, looking good on your printer. It, it just makes the process of printing out one-off envelopes very, very easy. And this is probably something that I do a half dozen times a day. And I, I don't know what I would do without it. So it's a niche thing, but it's it's an easy thing. 
I think I'm going to have to check this out because I always thought of this app as the one you use once a year to make your Christmas cards. No, I use it just the opposite. I use it, you know, like I said, five, six times a day whenever I print off an envelope. So the way I currently print envelopes for my uh, practice is I have a, a Microsoft, I'm sorry, an Apple Pages document that's outlined for an envelope and it's got everything in it. I just paste the address in and press print and it works fine. You, you've got to open up a Pages document that you've, I mean, where is that document? Do you keep it on your desktop? Do you keep it somewhere else? You've got a Pages document that you had to set up at some point and then you've got to change it all the time. This is just a super lightweight app that I open with a few keystrokes using LaunchBar. Typically, I've already copied the address because I've copied it just off of the letter that I just finished typing or that I just finished printing. And then as soon as I open up the application, it's detected that I have an address in my address book and it's already put that address or in my clipboard and it's already put that address in the address field of Easy Envelopes. It already has my return address information, including my my little logo for my business that I've preset up in the return address field. And so all I have to do is hit the print button and boom, my envelope's done. Nice. Nice. And if it's an if it's an address that I use frequently, like if I'm mailing something to the judge's office, I just pull it out of my contacts. Yeah. So what I do is I just save it's a template. So to answer your early question, it's a pages template. So I just have a template envelope. And then once I make one, then I save it to the appropriate file. So then when I make a letter, the envelope files there. It's not that hard to get to, but I, I'm intrigued by this. I, you know, these app, these shows always end up costing Katie me as much money as anybody else. I think I'm going to have to try easy envelope. The, the one thing that I will tell you gives me a, a little pause and a little caution. Um, it hasn't been updated in a while, but it, it's kind of one of those things that's feature complete. So maybe it doesn't need to be updated. Um, and I'm a little worried about Ambrosia, the company. They are a longtime Mac developer, a great developer of Mac software for almost 20 years now, but they've been quiet for a while. And I, I looked at their Twitter account. Their last tweet was on October 17th, 2016. Yeah, that's oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, they used to be really big. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they're just not big into Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. To look into that. Get me worried now. Um, uh, so my next pick is is one that was inspired by iOS. You know how when you select text in iOS, it gives you the little pop-up where you can make it bold or, you know, depending on the app, it has a bunch of options for text you select. Um, somebody had the idea, well, what if we did that on the Mac? And they made this app called PopClip. And it's like the thing you get on iOS, but it's way better because it's on the Mac and it's kind of wide open so they can do whatever they want with it. And PopClip, when you select text on your Mac, gives you the options. And it's, it's interesting because it doesn't fire off when you select text with your keyboard. It only works when you select text with the mouse, which is kind of the idea. So you select text and then say, oh, do you want me to make this all caps? Or do you want me to send this? Or do you want me to turn this into an OmniFocus task? They've got a plugin ar architecture. So there's a whole bunch of different plugins you can download. First time you install PopClip, you go to the website and you can just go completely nuts. Like one of the ones that I use all the time is Title Case. You know, you want to put Title Case in when you're writing a brief or a document or a blog post. I just select it with PopClip and cl click the Title Case and it does the appropriate Title Case of all the words. Um, it's a great little application that I use countless times without even really thinking about it. But boy, if I didn't have it anymore, I would really miss it. Yeah. PopClip was something that I just never could get into. It was it was one of those weird things that just kind of always drove me crazy, being right there by my mouse. 
Do you, do you use the sun all the time or do you have some kind of magical incantation that invokes it? It's just always there. It's always there when you use your mouse. It's not there when you use your keyboard. I know. That's just, that's what always bugged me about it. But I don't know. Maybe I, I, I wanted to love it. Maybe it's something that I need to try again. I just never could get past it. I like, like making things all uppercase. I, I occasionally need to do that. If you want to add smart quotes, it can do that. It can, it even can do little programs. Like it can convert Markdown to HTML. I think Brett Terpstra on this show, we told him about it and he went and wrote a whole bunch of plugins for it. So um, another one is like when I write articles, I'm writing an article for a blog right now and they want a certain number of words and pop clip can give me a word count. Just select the text and it'll give me the word count. And, uh, there's all sorts of things. You can do web searches. You can add things to Apple Notes. It's just really powerful. And the nice thing is you can make it as noisy as you want or as as little as you want because it's up to you how many of these plugins you put in. You should try it again. I will try it again. I will try it again after this just, episode. Just don't go crazy with the plugins. Just pick the ones that you think you really want. So the next utility I want to talk about is uh, Contacts Cleaner. And again, it's one that hasn't been updated in a while, but it still does its job and it still does it well. And if anybody knows of a replacement or a better one, um, please let me know and send it my way. But for now, Contacts Cleaner works. And I don't know how this happens, but for whatever reason, my contacts seem to get messed up. Um, the the phone numbers won't be in the right format, or maybe I'll forget area codes and things, or you know, maybe people's names won't always be in exactly the right format. Um, maybe something will be a little bit off with them. And what Contacts Cleaner is, it has a number of rules that it will use. And it will go in and it will look at your contacts. And it will say, hey, this is a contract that has an email address, but it doesn't have any names associated with it. What do you want to do with this? Or this is a contact that you have in your address book twice. Do you do you want to merge them and delete the duplicates? Or this is a contact where it appears that these are the same people. Or this is a contact where you have a phone number, but no name. What do you want to do with this? And it just helps you keep your address book all nice and tidy. And I probably find myself running this maybe once a quarter or once every six months. But it just seems the more and more contacts that you add, the, um, the easier it is for things to get a little bit out of whack. And I am a little neurotic about those types of things that I really want my contacts to be clean and I want everything to be uniform and, and look well. So Contacts Cleaner takes care of that for me. It's one of those apps that when you need it, it really is useful. Like I had a bunch of phone numbers that were didn't have parentheses around the area code. And so this is where my, um, you know, my neurosis shows up. It was really bothering me, you know, and I uh, went in contact cleaner and went through my entire library and fixed all that stuff where it's something I, w I could have spent like an hour while we we're in front of the TV fixing manually. Just push a couple buttons in contacts cleaner and it's done for you. Yeah. The, the one thing I would say is make sure you back up your contacts database before you run it, because it can be really easy to hit the wrong button or to say the wrong thing. And then you've just deleted a whole bunch of stuff or changed a whole bunch of stuff that you didn't mean to. Agreed. Uh, anytime you're messing with data, like they also have one called Calendar Cleaner that does similar work, and it's by the same developer of Memory Serves. But but yeah, I'll always back that stuff up before you start messing with the database. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Pixelmator, the full-featured image editor for the Mac, iPad, and iPhone. So I have a confession. I've never been any good at that other image editor that everyone pays a subscription for and is really complicated. 
And that's worked out great for me because about the time I wanted to get serious about editing photos, Pixelmator was released for the Mac. Pixelmator is a powerful, fast, and easy to use image editor. It lets you enhance and touch up photos, sketch, draw, and paint. You can even add text and shapes and apply dazzling effects all read on your Mac, iPad, and iPhone. The application has grown up as I've become more adept at using image editors, and I can tell you this is an application that anyone can use. Occasionally, you're going to bang your head against the ceiling of the Apple Photos app, and that's where Pixelmator comes in. You can easily share your images to Pixelmator and make any high-end adjustments that you need. I use Pixelmator to fix colors on an image. I use Pixelmator to remove the background so I can do something fun with a picture of one of my kids. I even use Pixelmator to write text in over the top of an image before sending it out to someone. If there's anything you want to do with your photos, Pixelmator probably does it for you. Just as I'm sitting here thinking about it, whenever I post a screenshot that has blurred out information, I did that in Pixelmator. The Pixelmator team is fully invested on the Apple platforms. They started on the Mac, they've expanded to the iPhone and the iPad, and they continue to put all their effort into making the best possible Apple device applications. In fact, they just put up a blog post talking about WWDC 17. They're going to be incorporating Metal 2, Core ML, which is the machine learning, uh, Swift 4, external GPU support, and a whole bunch of new features into their application before anybody else is really going to get around to it because these guys are focused on the Mac, the iPad, and the iPhone. Best of all, you can get all this power with a one-time purchase. That's right, there's no subscription. You just buy Pixelmator and you've got a powerful image editing tool at your disposal for as long as you need it. I love this application. I strongly recommend you use it. I use it all the time. To learn more, head over to pixelmator.com and let them know you heard about it here on the Mac Power Users. Okay, so my next pick is another one that's kind of new to my life. You see my theme here? I'm really trying to find stuff that we haven't talked about in the past. I can see that. Um, and this is one I discovered through my subscription to the SetApp service from MacPaw. I guess they're every MacPaw, of course, is a utility maker, so we're going to talk about them a lot today. But the um, uh, it's not made by MacPaw, but it's just one of the um, one of the apps that you get with your subscription. It's made by Incredible B Limited. I don't know who that is, uh, but it's a, a, an app called Renamer. And there's been a couple of renamer apps over the years. Um, uh, this one, I, I had a big project. Someone sent me a bunch of files that were named improperly on a, a law thing. And I had to produce stuff and I want to have everything named properly. So I wanted a batch renamer. And I, I was aware of this just from looking through the uh, setup available apps. I'm like, okay, I'll give it a try. Super happy with it. Did a great job. I've only used it on a couple of projects. Um, but if you've got to rename a lot of files, um, this is the app for you. It's got uh, multiple ways to rename. You can, um, you, you know, you can, you can add like numbers to it. Like you can say, we're going to name all of these pictures of the lake, but then we're going to add a number at the end. It does that auto automatically for you. It's effortless. Um, I, you know, just, it took me almost no time to fix it. Like you can convert. I had one of the other problems I had was all the files were uppercase and I wanted to make them lowercase because that's how files are saved in my system, lowercase, right? Uh, so it did that for me too. It, it just, everything I needed it to do, it did. And it did this to like a thousand files in, in just seconds, which is another project that would have taken me a long time to do manually or to have to pay someone to go and rename all those files. Um, it just did the job. And uh, I'm really glad to have this one available to me when I need it. And it's just called Renamer. Yeah, Renamer. It's version five, I think. Yeah, I'll find the. Uh, I don't know. You look. I don't know if you found the link or not. 
I, I just I just found it. It's just called Renamer. Do you need to rename many files? Well, then you need Renamer. And you can get I think you can buy it directly or you can get it through the setup if you want. I used to have um, automator scripts that would do various parts of these, but it sounds like this has a m- lot more granular control with a lot easier setup. Yeah, like with the automator scripts were very hard to get like to add numbers to the files. And it just this just uh, this solves the problem for you. You don't have to monkey around with it. Yeah. So another one that's new to me, if we want to do new to you type things, um, is Grammarly. And Grammarly is kind of more of a service, but I think it's a utility service. Uh, I initially knew it as a plug-in to Safari, but it also has its own app. And I, I have trouble proofreading my own work. And especially since I'm by myself now, it's really embarrassing when you send something out that is otherwise good work, but it has silly typos in it or it has silly word misuse. And it's, it kind of makes you look like an idiot when you're like, no, I promise I'm not an idiot. I just oh, I can't proofread my own work. And what Grammarly does is it checks your documents and pretty much anything that you type on the web or you can plug it into its own app. And I wish it had plugins and hooks for other applications, but they don't yet. But it will allow you to check the free version, the very basic version, will allow you to check for very common grammatical errors. Like when you accidentally use a word that sounds like another word or is often confused for a word, you know, did did you really mean this word instead? Because these words are often confused for each other. Or um, did you, there probably should or shouldn't be a comma here. Or this word appears to be misspelled or, uh, you know, other, other common grammar mistakes. And then if you subscribe to it, it is a subscription service, then it will check for more advanced um, grammar issues. Like you might want to consider re- rewriting this so it's not in passive voice and other things like that. And particularly if you don't have someone available to proofread your work and you're doing a lot of writing, whether it be professional or personal, and there are a couple of other services like this, but you, you might want to look into something like this. Um, it's a lot cheaper than hiring a proofreader. I, I didn't know that you were new, new to Grammarly. I'm a big fan. Um, uh, I started using it as a Safari plugin, but uh, I am a subscriber now. Have you have you gone full in with this yet, Katie? I am testing it now. I, I haven't um, done a long term subscription. Well, the trick with the subscription is get the the one year because it's like it's like thirty dollars a month if you get it monthly. But if you buy the one year, it's it's like it's like a hundred and thirty bucks or so to get it for the year. I forget how much I paid, but it was around that ballpark it's 140 bucks for um for a month yeah i'm sorry for a year or 30 bucks a month yeah so that is a lot of money but if you write for a living uh having that as a um as a step in the process really helps now i i still use proofreaders on a lot of things that i do uh, but to me the grammarly run is the first thing it makes me not look like an idiot to my proofreader <laughs> and, and honestly uh, some of the mistakes that you make uh, Grammarly will catch that a proofreader won't, whereas a proofreader catches flow and things going on that the Grammarly is not particularly good at. So I think there's a role for both of those things, depending on what you're using it for. Um, the app interface is really nice. They, it, it's, it's it's largely a web app. They've got a, a, a Mac app that you can download. And that's where I do most of the work. And like uh, the, my workflow for Grammarly is, is I just use pop clip, <laughs> of course, of course you do. Uh, to, co- to copy text and then paste it out of usually Ulysses and then paste it in Grammarly and, and do a run through Grammarly. And then I take the Grammarly text and replace whatever was in Ulysses with the Grammarly uh, corrections. But, you know, you don't need pop clip for that. You can just select all and control C, control V. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, okay. if I'm using my mouse, I use pop clip. I just wanted a... a 
I just wanted an opportunity to rub it in a little bit that you uh, pop clip. Okay, just asking. Um, but the um, the the one downside of Grammarly, and it just makes me nuts because I've been using it for a while, is they don't have an iOS app. And the only way, and, and if you try to open it in Safari on iOS, it gives you the message that um, no, 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 we can't do that. So I spoof it. I use iCab and spoof a, a different browser, and then I can use it in iOS that way. Um, but it's like, come on, man! I'm paying this much money a year. You guys don't even have a way to support iOS. I'm, I'm really surprised by that. I, I just looked that up like a month ago because it was driving me nuts. And and still, there's the the usual, you know, forum posts from everybody complaining that there's no iOS app. So I, I don't know if they're ever going to do it. Okay, uh, proofreading set aside. Let's talk about remote access and. Um, uh, this is another one. It kind of reminds me a little bit of our discussion earlier of Cloak, where there's a whole bunch of utilities out there uh, that allow you to have remote access to your computer. Um, uh, screens came on the scene, I don't know, three, four years ago, and really just, I, I just felt like it, they just made it. It's pretty, it's nice, and it's super secure and stable. So I started using it, and I've never really gone away from it. They just came out with version four for the Mac, too. So. Like if you need to do something with your with your iPad or if you need your laptop to see your iMac or whatever, Screens allows you to do that. Are you using Screens these days? All the time. Largely, I use it from iPad to iMac. That's that's the biggest reason to use it. You know, whenever I find myself out on the edge with the iPad and suddenly I need to do something like um, that just isn't like an app that's not available on my iPad, then I'll go into Screens and, and take care of things. And with, with the new world of cloud data, it's really nice because I fix something on my iMac at home, and then suddenly it just appears on my iPad, which is kind of great. Yeah, I'm a big fan of screens. I think it's gotten continually better with every service. I use it all the time just to quickly, you know, pop in and update something, or if I'm out on my iPad and I want to get access to something on my Mac, um, it, it's just a great service. And they also have the Screens Connect service, which allows you to um, make sure that you can always have access to your various devices, which is nice. Well, I guess it's my turn again. Um, one that I want to talk about that I, I think we've talked about on the show before is Unclutter. Um, Unclutter is a utility that kind of sits at the top of your Mac, and it will allow you to do a couple of things. It will give you a temporary storage place for files. It will give you a little notepad for, for taking notes, and it will give you a clipboard so you can view your clipboard or, or view your clipboard history. And I like Unclutter because all I have to do is run up to the top of my Mac, scroll down, and I always have access to a notepad. Or if I've got a cluttered desktop and I want to quickly clear it off, I can just grab whatever's in uncluttered and throw it into the temporary file storage and then get rid of it from there. Or um, if I, what I do as a tip for uncluttered is because those files are all stored on my Mac, you can set the location of where uncluttered files are stored. And I actually have those set to a Dropbox folder. So whenever I type a little note on uncluttered on my Mac or uncluttered on my Mac at home or uncluttered on my Mac at work, that same note will appear um, on the other device. So a lot of times what I'll do is if I'm on the phone with somebody Instead of like reaching for a post-it note or to take a quick note, I'll just grab down. It will be a temporary holding place for a note. I'll make a little note of something. And then if I need to follow up and I'm not at the same computer, I know that it will show up there. And even if I need to get access to it on an iOS device, although it's not the most 
you know, intuitive place to do. I know that it's just a text file in my Dropbox that I can get access to as well. So that's how I use Uncluttered. I, you know, I don't use it as much anymore. Uh, a drop, uh, was it Drop Zone? Yeah. Or, or has uh, has replaced it in a lot of ways for um, you know the shelf idea of it. Um, the uh, the and for and the other thing I used it for was text, and and I just use Apple Notes all the time. Someone calls me, I immediately just open an Apple Note, and if I don't use it later, then I delete it. But I just like having all that stuff there in that one place, and it's more permanent for me. But but I, I was a big fan of that app for a long time. I think the key for me is it's it's for temporary storage. One of the power tricks for that, if you've got multiple Macs, is you have the the um, the shelf where you can put temporary files. You put that on cloud storage, and because because Unclutter will let you point at wherever you want those files to be stored. And that way, if you put it on the shelf on your laptop, and then you go to your iMac later, it'll it'll be there, which is really nice. What's what's your next pick? You know, I had it. Oh, here it is. I you got me thinking about unclutter, and I I got mixed up. Okay, Pathfinder, Pathfinder. We this is one I think we did actually a show on many years ago. Um, uh, Im- imagine there's a group of people at Apple that want to make the Finder awesome. I mean, they just want to add a bunch of power to the to the Finder, and then uh, Johnny Ive and um, you know all the gang at Apple saying, no, 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 our products are simple. We don't want to make everything so complicated for our, our users, but but then they say, yeah, but there's some power users out there that really want all these extra tools in the Finder. Well, no, we can't do that. And then those guys went out and made their own Finder. That's basically what happened here. I don't know if they worked for Apple or not, but this is the Finder that Apple, that all the geeks in Apple would like to make for all the power users. <laughs> it's called Pathfinder. The company's called CocoTech. And this is another one that's been around a long time. In my head, I, I always think of this one in hand with default folder X. I feel like these are just like upgrades to the underlying file system that can really help you out. Um, there are so many features in Pathfinder. So why do you want this app? If you ever have used Finder and felt like it wasn't good enough for you. And, uh, you know, it's got all all this, they just added Dropbox integration to it. Um, but there's just so much, it's got a shelf where you can store files. You can add wings to your Finder window where you've got, you know, a right wing, a left wing, a bottom wing. So all this information, you can put a terminal menu in there, um, just any way you can think of to list your files, you can list it. It's got a hex editor if you want to go and actually edit the ones and zeros in your files. Uh, every way you can think of to organize it, they've got it in there, whether it's tabs or bookmarks or whatever it is that makes you happy in terms of finding things. Pathfinder is great. In fact, I was thinking, Katie, this is one you should probably look into now that you're running your own file system with your office, because occasionally you just want some power tools on your finder. And Pathfinder, there's just nothing like it for that. Um, I'm sure we'll hear from, now that I've mentioned, I'm sure we'll hear from a bunch of listeners that use Pathfinder for things I haven't even mentioned, because there's so many possible tools and ways to use this thing that almost everybody who uses it uses it differently. But the fundamental premise of this application is it's a customized, super powerful finder for your Mac. How long has it been since we've done that finder alternative show? It's been a couple of years, hasn't it? Oh, I think it's been more than a couple of years. It's been a while. In fact, most of the apps we talked about in that show are gone now. Right. Uh, Finder on Apple has got better. I mean, the, the Apple Finder is better now. It does have some things that, that just didn't exist before. And Pathfinder is now version 7. So I, I think your choice now is really use the basic built-in Finder. And if that works for you, you're, you're good. But if you ever feel like you're not getting enough out of it, go to Pathfinder. I, I And I don't use it every day. But when I'm like doing a lot of file operations... 
I always open Pathfinder for that stuff. The next one that I want to talk about is Carbon Copy Cloner. And we've talked about a few other backup tools on the show already. And I must say, I love SuperDuper. But I have been a Carbon Copy Cloner convert probably for the last few years. And the reason I keep coming back to Carbon Copy Cloner is that I find that it just has a lot more features for what I need to do. It will do things like verified backups. It will allow you to run scripts before and after running clones. It will do a clone backup of your hard drive. Um, It will allow you to do things like, um, for example, if you're using the same hard drive for clone backups and for time machine backups, it has a setting that will allow you to leave root level items on the hard drive untouched so that you can do that without having to partition the drive or to do anything fancy. Um, It has a great scheduling feature built in so you can tell it to run clones at certain times and it will automatically schedule them. You can run clones as soon as a hard drive is inserted. So if you have like a secondary backup that you only run every now and again, it will do that. You can, um, it will remind you if it says, hey, I I haven't seen this drive. We haven't run a backup in 30 days. Um, It can give you a reminder of things like that. It's just a really great full featured backup utility. And it will even do things like backup the recovery partition of a hard drive, which is important if you want to create a bootable backup, uh, particularly if you want to be able to recover from that backup. Um, And we'll warn you about things if a drive's not encrypted, but the boot level is. Um, it's it's just a great all-around tool, and I think it's it's one that most Mac users should have in their toolbox. Yeah, agreed. Um, I I'm not a big carbon copy cloner user because I've just I I bought SuperDuper years ago, and it works for what I need it to do. And I love SuperDuper, and in fact, SuperDuper is probably a little less expensive because they don't make you pay for all the upgrades. Whereas carbon copy cloner, every couple of years you got to pay for an upgrade. But I, they're both great. Six to one half dozen the other. I think it'll be interesting to see how these apps adapt to the new Apple file system that's coming out. You know, we've got a new, whole new file system, gang. So uh, that would very much impact the ability of these apps to run. So uh, that that's something to keep in mind. We'll probably have to come back and talk about that when Apple releases High Sierra. We'll have a lot to say about the file system. And, and one of the things I think we should we should cover at that point is which of these apps works best with the new file system. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's kind of one of the things that I, I think especially if you're paying for, like, I love Super Duper, but I haven't paid for it in probably 10 years. Yeah, that worries me too a little bit, right? That worries me a little bit, you know? Yeah, I get it. I get it. It may be time for me to spend some money. That's what you're telling me. Um, uh, For my next pick, uh, this is another one, another setup app that I stumbled into called Forecast Bar. It's by a company called Real Casual Games. Um, You know, there's all these 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 menu bar apps for your Mac that can tell you the weather. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ones. I live in California. I don't even have a right to put one of these in my menu bar because so often the weather here is the same. But but during the winter and when we get because we get occasional windstorms where I live, uh, I like having it there. And I really have uh, enjoyed this new app I've started using called Forecast Bar because I like the the uh, graphic layout. It's it's made very clean and nice, and it sits in my menu bar. Doesn't take much space. And I can tell you right now it's 85 degrees outside Fahrenheit for uh, those of you outside the U.S. But it's probably always 85 degrees. No, this is kind of hot for us lately. So usually more around 80. It was 104 here today, just so you know. Yeah. Wow. And humid. And humid. Yes. Welcome to Florida in the summertime. It's wonderful here. You just gotta like, I think you should just like pick the worst time of the year and just fly out here. You can sleep on my couch for a month. It's okay. 
No, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have good Wi-Fi. Got my Eero. We're good. I want to take a moment to talk to all the freelancers who are listening out there right now. If I told you you could reclaim up to 192 hours of your precious time this year, would you? Well, our friends at FreshBook make cloud accounting software for freelancers that's ridiculously easy to use, and they'll help you do just that. By simplifying the tasks of invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online, FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for over 10 million people to deal with their paperwork. So here's one of my favorite features. When you email a client an invoice, FreshBooks will actually let you know whether they've seen it or not. So this takes away all of the guessing games as to, oh, you know, I didn't really see that invoice or not, or I wonder whether they're going to pay me or not. And FreshBooks also automates late payment email reminders. So you don't have to be the bad guy. If an invoice is more than, you know, 15, 20, 30 days outstanding, whatever your normal policy is, have FreshBooks follow up for you. And then your clients can get a gentle email reminder saying, hey, could you maybe pay me? And you don't have to worry about who's paid, who's not. FreshBooks takes care of all of that. So FreshBooks may now have over 10 million users, but they've managed to stay a pretty small company, landing them the title of small giant on the Forbes list of best companies this year. If you're listening to this and you're not using FreshBooks, it is time to give it a try. FreshBooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for listeners of the show, and there is no credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash MPU and enter Mac Power Users in the How Did You Hear About Us section. So thanks, FreshBooks, for your support of freelancers everywhere and of Mac Power Users. So the next app that I want to talk about is Onyx. Um, This is one that I've had in my toolbox for a long time. It is free. I don't know how it's free, but it's like one of my must, not only my must have app, it's a free app. So there's no reason not to go download it. Um, It is one of those full purpose utility apps that will just run all of those under the hood maintenance things for your Mac. So anytime my Mac is giving me a little trouble or something doesn't quite seem right, or it's a little sluggish or something's not launching right, or just something is a little off with my Mac, the first thing that I'll do is I'll run Onyx and it has an automation mode which I consider like the shotgun approach to troubleshooting issues with the Mac. It will do things like clear the caches and repair the permissions and um, run all the maintenance scripts and, you know, blow out the mail cache and vacuum the mail database. And I mean, it's got a whole list of about 10 different things that it will will do um, as, as well as a whole nother. In fact, they have a companion app called maintenance that will just do that. Uh, but then Onyx will give you access to a whole nother slew of under the hood Um, type utilities. I just think it's a nice one to have. Um, It's real important with all these utility type tools that you have the one that is the most updated for your existing OS because sometimes things like that change. Um, But I'm a big fan of Onyx. I've I've used it for years and it's one that I always have loaded on my machine. Yeah, it's like when there's trouble, you break out Onyx and you find out what's going on. Exactly. So often it's something like silly, like a corrupt font file or something. And, but Onyx finds it for you. Onyx takes care of that stuff. Um, I've got one. Here's another new one. Last year came out, uh, Interact Scratchpad. And um, this is uh, from our friend Greg Pierce. He's a buddy of mine and the guy who made the, the drafts app for iOS. Greg, Greg expanded into the Mac space this year. And uh, Interact Scratchpad takes that feature of, of just taking a clump of information that somebody's name and address and phone number and turns it into a contact. 
You know, so often you get this text off the web and there's just no way to easily turn it into a contact. You know, like the phone number's on the wrong line or for whatever reason, Apple um, contacts just can't parse it for you. Well, Greg makes apps that parse text. And uh, so there you go. It, it just takes care of this for you. So anytime you get text, whether you grab it out of an email or a website, you put it in the Interact scratch pad on your Mac and it it, te- it goes through and figures out you know, this is the name, this is the phone number, or this is the company information. And at the end, you push the button and it creates a contact card. It's a little app I use all the time. I use this all the time as well. It's something that I keep up in my menu bar because a lot of times I'll find contact information on a website or in an email or just somewhere and I'll want to grab it and stick it somewhere or I'll want it tagged a specific way. And it gives you the ability to do all of those things. And it's wonderful. So I use Interact Scratchpad all the time. And I should mention this really grew out of his iOS app for managing contacts called Interact. So, I mean, it's, that's why it's called Interact Scratchpad, which is also a good app, but we're talking about Mac utilities. I I will tell you, I actually use it more on the Mac than I do on iOS. I have an iOS as well, but I find just probably because during the day I'm sitting at a Mac all the time and and that's where I find the the need to use it. Yeah. It's great for that. I mean, and it, it, it perfectly fits the definition of what we're dealing with today. Just a little app that solves the problem for you all the time. Yeah. Um, another one that we get a lot of requests for people looking for an app that will do this thing. I can't tell you how many times people have said to me, is is there an app that will like, if, if I'm tethered and I don't want to blow through a bunch of data that will like keep that from happening? Because that happens all the time to me. You know, I'm tethered and all this stuff happens because my Mac thinks that it's connected to Wi-Fi and all this stuff's happening and Dropbox is downloading and photos is optimizing. And all of a sudden I've blown through all my data allowance on my phone. Well, there is an app for that. The app is called Trip Mode. Uh, it's a little app. It sits in your menu bar, but it does a whole lot more in the background. And what Trip Mode will do is it will detect when you're connected to your iOS device to Tether, and it will, by default, turn off most of those background processes and only allow you to turn on the specific apps and processes that you want to have access to the internet. So, for example, um, if you're tethered and you only want to have access to mail and Safari or only the essential things, and but like maybe you don't want to accidentally download a movie through iTunes while you're tethered and use up all your data allowance, trip mode can do that. So great by default, um, just making sure that you don't blow through your data allowance by doing all kinds of things when you're tethered. But the other thing that it will allow you to do is you can also use it when you're not tethered. You can set up certain profiles. And David, I think you do this sometimes, um, is you can set up profiles for like podcasting. And so if you're podcasting, you don't want to have, number one, a bunch of distractions. And number two, something that kicks off, like somebody sticks a file in your Dropbox or a Backblaze download kicks off. And then all of a sudden your bandwidth changes significantly, which which can change the audio or somehow sometimes even disconnect you from Skype because Skype can be very temperamental. So you can set trip mode to turn off everything except maybe, um, you know, we use Safari for our show notes, maybe Safari and Skype and have only those essential things connecting to the internet on your Mac. So trip mode is a good, good app that does that. I mean, we talked about Backblaze easier. I love Backblaze, but I don't want it backing up a bunch of data and using a bandwidth when I'm recording a show. So even on my iMac, I use trip mode to, uh, to kind of shut some things down. But, but the real use for it is if you've got a laptop and you're out tethering. I mean, I remember once before trip mode existed, I was tethering and uh, I think it was something we had done on the show, but basically we, you added a bunch of files to the Mac power users, common folder in Dropbox. I do that to you on purpose sometimes. 
Yeah, you did. You, you, you like looked at where I'm in fine France. Oh, he's at Starbucks. I'm going to totally mess with this guy. But anyway, so suddenly I didn't even know what was going on. Um, but my data was gone for the month, you know, because it just downloaded like gigabytes and gigabytes of data, uh, through my phone. So, you know, trip mode solves that for you. It's a, it's a great application. And, and if you work on the road at all, and if you ever tether, I mean, this is a no brainer. Yeah. What I do is I wait until you're in Hawaii and I just start taking the biggest files I can find and put them in our shared Dropbox. There you go. Just like the Star Wars, you know, uh, unaltered every one of the episodes. Because how could I complain that you gave me Star Wars? Yeah, I'm just throwing them in the Dropbox, whatever we do. Or maybe just the entire catalog of the next generation Star Trek. Just just drop it right in there. I wish I had that. I need to, I need, that's on my Amazon wish list. I need to get those DVDs. Well, you just had a birthday. I know. And it's Prime Day today as we record this, but they were not on sale. I checked. Well, I'm glad you checked. I did. I did check. First thing at at nine o'clock last night, I checked. Anyway, what's your next pick? Uh, It's a uh, it's an upgrade for Finder. Uh, I'm sorry, not Finder. uh, Spotlight Uh, called Huda Spot. H U D A H S P O T. They've got version four out now. Uh, An app made by a very small development house. I believe it's just one guy behind it, and I just I love this app. Uh, this is another power tool I don't use every day, but when I need it, it's really helpful. Uh, Spotlight's great. You know, it can search and find files for you. But what if you want to get really narrow with it and, you know, and certain parameters? You, you know, you can do certain things in Spotlight, but it's it's troublesome to get there. And it's it's not just not that easy. With Hootaspot, you can set up your search to say, give me the thing where the name contains the following and the, the contents of the text include this or that word or and it's a Microsoft Word document, and it's in Dropbox in this subfolder. So you can get very particular with your search. And when I need to find something in my, you know, haystack of files, uh, Hootaspot always does a better job of narrowing it down for me and getting me very close to what I need very quickly. So uh, I use it all the time for just finding old files, and uh, I love it. Uh, Have you ever used this app, Katie? Um, I think I, I don't use it regularly. I've, I've tried it before, but it's not something in my regular rotation. Yeah, well, it just it's got an almost unlimited amount of search parameters. And I know you can do a lot of the stuff in the Finder uh, with a little wrestling, uh, where Hudaspot just makes it just really easy. And I'm not even sure you can get as deep in the Finder as you can with Hudaspot. So, so if you ever find yourself looking for stuff in Finder and scratching your head and and wasting time looking through hundreds of files to find that one file, Hootaspot would have solved that for you. I want to talk about uh, Chronosync. Chronosync is an app that I think we've covered on the show before, and it's just another one of those utilities that I think you have to say. And the only bad thing I can say about Chronosync is it's one of those where I've bought it once and I've also never paid for it again. And I definitely... Well, that's the selling point for them. They say they will never charge you. Yeah. But um, what it will allow you to do is it... It's kind of an all-purpose file synchronizer. It will allow you to synchronize between multiple directories or multiple computers. It will allow you to back up files from one directory to another. Uh, it will allow you to back up from a computer to a hard drive. It will allow you to schedule syncs. It Basically, if you need to sync data, 
ChronoSync is the application that you want. It is, is the solution for synchronizing files or backing up files. Uh, I don't use it so much for backup, but I use it more so when I want to synchronize a certain subset of files or specifically just have a certain subset of files, like always backed up to a hard drive or always updated to a flash drive or one of those types of things. I use it all the time. Like, um, you know, I, I talk about, I've got this big Drobo attached. I make a copy of that as well. And I do it with, um, um, I do it with the uh, ChronoSync and it does a, a diff compare. It looks at the app and it only looks at what's new, you know, on the, on the, uh, on the Drobo and it copies it to the backup drive. So it doesn't take forever. Um, and it, like you said, it's been around forever. They keep updating. I know they've got some new updates. I just got a press release from them that they've got some good stuff coming down the road with updates to the application. So it's actively developed. And uh, it, it was a big deal back before the cloud when you needed to constantly be sharing files between extra hard drives. But I still think there's a, a lot of room for ChronoSync in your life, even after the existence of iCloud and Dropbox and things like that. My next pick is um, <laughs> one of the ones that didn't make the list, but as I look here, I really need to include this one, TechSoap. Um, you may have heard of this app before. I think we've made passing reference to it in, in shows, but it's been years since I really talked about it. Uh, it's now been in existence for 19 years. Um, they've got version eight now, and I, I didn't realize I need to update. So I'm going to, I'm going to buy the update as soon as I get done with the show today. But TechSoap is an app that you can, you know, when you get text, whether it's off the web or out of Microsoft Word or something, and it's got extra carriage returns or just, it's just generally a mess somehow. And, you can look at going through cleaning it manually, or you can uh, try to automate that. And that's what TechSoap does. It does, no matter what the problem is with your text, it can clean it. They have over a hundred built-in cleaners. It's an app made by, uh, I met the guy who made it years ago. We, we had lunch with him at Macworld at that Mexican place that's right across from Moscone. Chevy's. Chevy's, yes. It was really good. Good salsa. Anyway, uh, I think it was from Portland, just a small independent developer. I love that he's still doing it. Um, and if you ever have that problem of getting text on your Mac that needs to be cleaned up, TechSoap can do it. There's nothing like this on iOS. I've looked. I wish there was. Uh, but uh, to to do the real heavy-duty cleanup job on text, uh, you can't beat it. Um, I'm going to have to go for our next pick. I can't believe we haven't mentioned it yet, but I am going to have to mention one password. Full disclosure, they are a sponsor. I don't believe they're sponsoring this particular episode, but it is the app that I absolutely cannot live without because it keeps all of my passwords managed and synced across all of the places. And I know we've talked about one password extensively on the show, but um, I just cannot recommend enough having a password manager to manage all of your passwords because you have got to have strong, unique passwords to use across all of your websites because the internet is such a dangerous place now. Um, one of the things that um, I really like is they've added the ability to use these um, uh, unique password tokens that you use for um, two-factor authentication in one password. So now I've got all that data saved in one place and I like it having it all there. Um, and I actually switched a little while ago to their um, cloud syncing service, um, partially because I wanted to make sure that I threw them a few bucks every couple of months and partially because, you know, it was just one less thing to have to worry about it. It all just, you know, kind of works together. And I know that I'm always up to date and, and have everything. So that's, that's what I'm using now. Yeah. We have the family plan now, which has been good because now my kids are starting to use it and it makes sense. 
Okay. Well, we talk about one pastor a lot. It, it's so it's so powerful to see in my mind. It was like, is that a utility? It's almost something that's like a productivity app. But you're right. It's a it's a utility at the end of the day. Um, th- there's one I use, and this isn't probably the best in breed. And if you guys know one better than this, let me know. But there's an app I got off the App Store a couple of years ago called Photo Privacy. I was just going to look it up. I think it's been over a year since it's been updated. But uh, the thing I use it for is occasionally I put a picture on the web that it's at a place I don't want to share. You know, I don't want everybody to know the geotag data. Um, like if I take a picture of my backyard, I'd rather not put my 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 house on the internet. Sure. Um, uh, this app does it. You just drag it in, and it's got some controls where you can get pretty granular about how much metadata you remove. But I basically use it to remove you know location information. And it's a good app to have around. A little utility. I don't use it often, but whenever I have a photo on my Mac, I, I want to clean that data off. I use uh, photo privacy. Now, is this this is obviously just for Mac? Do they have a companion iOS app or? Um, yeah, I don't. I have another one. I do on. I don't have my my iOS stuff in front of me. So I'll I'll we'll put this in the feedback show. I'll I'll share with you whatever I've got for that stuff. And how do you do it on iOS yourself? I use DGO on iOS, but I'm not sure that it's the most up-to-date or the best app. So I was kind of looking for other recommendations. Yeah. So I just basically, photo privacy was kind of the same thing. I found one that worked. It's not particularly pretty or amazing, but it works. And it's such a simple job that I've never looked to replace it. I want to talk about, and I know we're we're running out of time, so we may not be able to get through our entire list here, but I want to talk about Wi-Fi Explorer. Um, this is an app that is made by a, a great app developer who really understands and gets Wi-Fi. And we have a real problem now with just congestion in the Wi-Fi networks. And it is you know, we're even though we have super strong Wi-Fi signal because we've got these networks all over our house, it, it is real easy to have problems with Wi-Fi signals because we don't know what's going on. Um, and maybe it's because signals are overlapping or maybe it's because things are configured incorrectly. Uh, maybe it's because we're um, on the same um, channel as our, our neighbors or whatever's going on. Um, but Wi-Fi Explorer is, is it will help you identify things like channel conflicts or when signal overlaps, um, configuration problems. It will help you kind of see very granular what's going on with your network, how your signal strength looks, um, where where dead spots may be in your house and, and what you need to do. You know, if, if you have any type of Wi-Fi problems or if you help troubleshoot Wi-Fi problems, which we all probably do from time to time, um, it's a great tool to have just to see what's going on with your network and what's going on around your network. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I've used this one at friends' homes. You know, like I'll, if we're there and their internet doesn't work, I will open my laptop and use Wi-Fi Explorer and walk around the house and figure out. Usually it's because the neighbor's on the same channel or something like that. But the um, this application does a really good job of letting you get that information. A great diagnostic tool, and it can actually make your Wi-Fi better once you learn a little bit about it. All right, we, we are long on time. So for the last one, we, we've got some more, but you know, there's always another day on the Mac Power users. Um, and we definitely want to hear from you before the feedback show if you've got one that you think we absolutely should have talked about today. But I'd like to talk about one from our, our good old friend, Brett Terpstra. He has an app called Marked, and it's a utility for working with text. You know, looking back, we talked a lot about of utilities for text today, didn't we? Um, but Marked is, a, is an app. It started out as a way to preview Markdown as regular text. I mean, and that was the original feature, but it's Brett Terpstra. So it never stopped uh, developing. I, in my mind, I, I imagine him waking up at three in the morning with an idea 
getting up for an hour, adding a feature to his app and then going back to bed. Because it seems like that's every time I open the app, there's new stuff in there. And now it's got spelling and grammar checking in there. It's got tips for simplifying your sentences and word counts. So some of the stuff we talked with Grammarly, you've got in marked now. Uh, it can preview OPML files. It can do HTML. There's just a ton of stuff you can do with this thing. Um, and it, it just continues to get better. So if you're looking for a text tool, uh, go look at Marked. Even if you don't write Marked down, look at Marked because it, there may be something in there that you may want. Uh, and I would add that this is another one that's available in the uh, setup uh, load too. So if you don't want to, I'd, I'd recommend buying it from Brett. But if you want if you want to sign up for setup, you get this app for free. Big fan of Brett's work. I guess we need to drink now. Yeah, I guess. We're going to have him to talk about tagging next month. So we'll hear plenty more from Brett Terpstra. Okay, gang. Uh, so we uh, that was quite a few utilities. <laughs> a few. I didn't keep count, um, but a lot. I told my wife, Daisy, uh, I said, you know, she, she doesn't have many utilities. I said, you should listen to this show. You may find some stuff on there that can save you some time. What, what did she say? She said she may. So if she gets back to me that she heard this, I'm going to tell her right now I'll buy you dinner. So we'll see. You're going to buy me dinner or you're going to buy her dinner? Buy her dinner. Well, I did all the work. Why are you going to buy her dinner? Well, if you fly out here, I'll buy you dinner, too. No, right. I'm not flying you out here. All right. Well, um, speaking of which, uh, people should fly out there to go to the um, to the Command-D conference that you're going to be presenting at. So that's definitely something we should check out. I'll put links to that in the show notes. Um, otherwise, we've got a feedback show coming up later this month. Um, so if you have uh, must-have apps that we didn't get a chance to talk about, we can try to touch base with those on the feedback show. Um, you can send those to feedback at MacPowerUsers.com or on Facebook. Uh, check out the links in the show notes, the Facebook community or Twitter. The show is at MacPowerUsers. I'm at Katie Floyd and David is at Max Sparky. Thanks to our sponsors, Text Expander, Fracture, Pixelmator, and FreshBooks. And we'll see you all next time. <laughs>